Hi guys, my name is Kalen. Hey, I'm Delmas. This is Pablo. This is Jabir. This is Kevin. Guys, welcome to the Third World Perspective. We are going to give you a Third World Perspective on all kind of sports. You name them. Beach, NBA, NFL, (laughs) Beach, F1, football. You name them. All kinds of sports. Yes. Thank you. Ciao. Hey guys, welcome back to the Third World Perspective. Welcome back to another episode. Welcome back to a new series. Yeah, we are, I, I don't know exactly what we are calling this series yet, but um, we are covering Qatar World Cup 2022. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure how many of you guys have been listening to the Third World Perspective for over a year. Obviously, we, we always had plans to go to Qatar to basically watch the World Cup in person, maybe create some content, um, but sadly, <laughs> sadly, that is not happening. That is not happening. So we are bringing you guys the the, the second best thing, actually. So we are covering the, the World Cup a month. Um, it's exactly like 29 days to to when Qatar actually kick off against Ecuador, obviously, um, on the 20th of November. Um, we are covering the World Cup for you guys. Obviously, my name is Pablo. I'm joined by Linus Wahome. The last time we spoke with Linus, obviously, was in Melbourne. Um, he's back in our beautiful country. Linus, say hi. Hello, hello. Uh, yes, I'm back into to this beautiful country, country, country indeed. And, well... What more can I say? So yeah, nice welcome. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it, it, I, I'm 100% sure it feels nice to be home for you, man. Obviously, I, I think you had missed Ugali and like some of the Kenyan food that is not available in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, so we're, we're obviously covering the World Cup for you guys a month before. Obviously, you guys are wondering, like, what type of content do these guys have for us today? Um, but we are, we'll, we'll start covering the teams um, that will play in the World Cup this year. Obviously, eight groups, 44 four teams per group, 32 teams in total. Yeah, we are covering teams per continent. And the first continent that we are covering, obviously we wanted to do a little bit of African teams, but we'll do that next week, inshallah. Today we are covering South America, man. Like, we are covering the, the continent that has basically won the most World Cups. This is, this is the obviously, uh, underrated teams. Um, we have Brazil in here. We have Argentina in here. We have Uruguay in here, Ecuador, and Costa Rica. Um, the first team that we're going to start talking about is Ecuador. Actually, um, a sleeper team, um, a team that most people wouldn't think much of. Um, a team that maybe you guys knew, um, the only player from there, I think, Antonio Valencia. Um, right now, obviously, in the, in the World Cup as well, um, there are a team that basically hit the headlines a few months ago they were investigated by fifa for fielding a potentially ineligible player they fielded a right back uh, who maybe should was not born in ecuador um maybe born in colombia that's a story for another day byron castillo um the basically um actually brought question into the eligibility of ecuador at at Qatar 2022. Um, nothing, no updates on that front as yet. So it seems the green light is is on for Ecuador to actually play against Qatar um, next month for the opener. 
Linus, do you like Ecuador um, basically to shock people in this tournament? They were quite impressive in their qualifiers. Um, they were able to rack up results like a 6-1 win against Colombia, a 4-2 thrashing of Uruguay, and a hard-fought 1-1 draw against both Brazil and and so yeah, they're a team who can pull something out of the bat, but I don't expect much from them, to be honest. Because, well, <clears throat> what you'll see is they're a very young squad. They have a lot of young talent. So perhaps maybe in uh, perhaps in the next World Cup, they would be a team, seriously. But for now, I believe the talents of um, young left-back like um, Piero Hinakipe, Hincapie, sorry, uh, Moses Castillo from, from Brighton and mm-hmm. who's the right back for Bragatino. I think they just will fall short of any real um, results at the World Cup. Yeah, obviously, um, I think most most people won't know these players that obviously you've mentioned, that most players that I'm going to mention. But obviously, like you mentioned, Moises Caicedo, who is known, obviously, from Brighton. Obviously, a lot of people watch the Premier League, and that's a player that most people know, obviously. Um, he's a player that can score bangers from um, outside the area. Obviously, this um, a lot of three players actually featuring in this Ecuador team, obviously, play for Brighton. Uh, you have Moises Caicedo. Said who is 20 years old, which is just incredible. He already has 25 caps for Ecuador. Um, we have Jeremy Samiento, whose whose story is actually very interesting. He's a is a is a is an Ecuadorian player. Obviously, um, he was born in Spain. He was born in Madrid, to be exact, to Ecuadorian parents. Obviously, it seems like his parents migrated there for work or something. Um, and obviously, he was born in Madrid, and then obviously he moved to England, and he basically represented England in the under 21s, under 17s, um, under 15s as well. Um, so he's a former England international and he decided to switch um, obviously from representing England to representing the country that his parents are from. Obviously it seems his parents had something to do with it. Um, he has he has played at Benfica, Jeremy Samiento. Obviously he's just 20 years old before making the move to Brighton and Hove Albion. He has not featured a lot for Brighton, that's why many people won't know him, but he is a player that is exciting and is a player that Ecuadorians love a lot. He has, um, I think he has nine caps for them, still late to score, but he's a player that creates a lot of chances and obviously is some, someone, someone that maybe you guys need to watch out for um, come the, the tournament next month. Yeah, and um, you you, me- you mentioned a lot of good players. Obviously, a lot of a lot of players, obviously playing for Ecuador, play um, all over Europe. We have we have players playing in France. We have players, obviously, pl- playing um, in Germany as well. We have someone like um, Joseph Cifuentes who plays for LA LAFC, obviously. Um, but Ecuador, for me, like the results that that they that they've had. Um, obviously coming into the World Cup. Obviously that 1-1 draw with Brazil was massive. A lot of people think maybe Ecuador should have won that game. And um, obviously, like you just said, again, like beating Chile as well. Obviously Chile was the team that actually brought that complaint to FIFA that maybe they should get um, basically disqualified from the World Cup um, for fielding Brian Castillo, who could possibly not be Ecuadorian. Um, I think I think for me they're an, an underrated team. 
I, I, for me, I think they might shock some people. Like, I know Group A is tough. Obviously, Group A has Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands. And obviously, expect Senegal and Netherlands to come out of it. But uh, if Ecuador gets like a draw with Senegal and and Netherlands, you you could picture them getting out of the group. It's not it's not beyond them. But um, like you said, it's it's an exciting team to watch, and we'll have to wait and see how they do. I mean, yeah, they could they, they could have results. They have uh, some good attacking players in uh, the striker Estrada and and Valencia, who offer goal. I mean, they can play that quick counter-attacking football. So yeah. you expect, especially against Qatar, you expect maybe a positive result for them. But when they come against um, um more difficult teams like the Netherlands and Senegal, they would possibly struggle. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not disqualifying them. I mean, other I'm not I'm counting them out yet, but I'm just saying, as it looks, yeah, teams can yeah. Yeah, on paper they should not get out of the group because Senegal are, are obviously African champions, and the Netherlands obviously they are a force to reckon now, to reckon with now. They are a force in Europe as a whole. Um, yeah, but Ecuador, like watch out for Ecuador. I think I think they're, obviously they are a team that most people will not talk about heading into the tournament, but they are an exciting team and they've had good results heading into the World Cup. And um, you don't be surprised, man. You had it here on the third perspective. Obviously, both me and Lainas agree that this is a very exciting team, a very young team. And um, obviously, the future is just bright for them. Whether that happens in the World Cup or not, we have to wait and see. Yeah, the next uh, South American team that we're going to speak of, obviously, sitting comfortable in Group C. Um, I think this is a group that they should easily win because um, Argentina are in Group C. They have Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Obviously, Mexico and Poland are actually really good teams. Saudi Arabia, you don't expect much of them. But Argentina, obviously, they have one of the greatest players of all time in Leo Messi um, playing for them. They have a bunch of uh, good attackers. You have you're talking about um, Polo Dybala. Polo Dybala, obviously. Um, Sergio Aguero is retired now. I think Gonzalo Higuain is retired now as well. But Argentina, basically, the problem with them, we have to think about that defense. Is is as, do you think the Argentina defense liners has actually come to come improved to a state where they can actually help the, help them when attack actually fails? Um, because we know that they have been leaning on Leo Messi for the majority of Messi's career. Um, well, to begin, let me just uh, know a little secret. Um, Argentina and the team are back in the World Cup, so I, they're my favorites. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> we have gone Brazil, but you know, I think I'll shift to the other side um, of the yeah. continent. And mm-hmm. well, the things to get excited about this um, Argentinian team. Well, for one, mm-hmm. um, Scaloni came in after. Um, since Scaloni um, has been after after losing, I believe, was the Tony loss to Brazil in the Copa America. He's been able to lead them yeah. to a 35 uh, unbeaten game streak. Uh, this, I mean, the last time they lost, we'd have to go back to that game in July of 2019. Uh, in the time, they've only failed to score three times. But I think his biggest contribution, I mean, other than who he is as a manager, is how he has positioned Messi in this team. Yeah. Just a person whom they rely on. I mean, still, the team is built around Messi. He is their captain. But mm-hmm. uh, Messi now plays a more um, provisionally, uh, provisionally role where 
he's able to dictate the game but not be the only um attacking player or the only creative force in that team so i believe this is structuring um will is actually has been good for them i mean you've had um the records that they've been on and they have the goals i believe they have the balance and the defensive um solidity i i'm not sure why you think the defense is i'm lacking but i believe they have balance they may not have the star names that you'd find in other squads um say perhaps when you look at brazil or even other um other teams in the tournament but they do have um uh, how would i say it they do have competent enough players in each role yeah. were able to know their roles were able to know what they provide for the team and i believe yeah. how actually the cohesive unit will prove to be um beneficial for them yeah 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 I, I like my my only query with the defense obviously I'm talking about historically historically obviously 2018 world cup um obviously they are the south american champions congratulations to them they won the copa america last year which is like something that has been long out long in coming for leo messi is obviously one of the greatest players of all time it was only worth it that he wins the copa america before retiring with for argentina and obviously got to the world cup final in 2014 that was obama obviously um germany is a, is, a, is a force to reckon with obviously in these tournaments usually they're usually very 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 good and for me my, the problem with with the defense is historically historically they've been relying more on Leo Messi like the only players that we knew for them historically was like Nicolas Otamendi and like maybe Marcos Rojo when he when he was he was really good now he's retired but now I'm like my my thing with the defense is the defense is better now which is which is my exactly my point which is like maybe the defense has grown to as has grown to a, to like a such an incredible high point and an incredibly high point that maybe they don't need to rely a lot on their attacking to actually win games maybe they could grind out a one nil like a goal of set pieces obviously they have christian romero who is playing with, um, at tottenham right now he's obviously is a is a goal threat at set pieces is incredible one of the best center backs in in english football now they have lisandro martinez who is at man united obviously playing really well for united as well um obviously they have players they can rely on with experience tagliafico they have otamendi still in there that is that is why i think maybe the their defense has improved so much they don't need to rely on players like leo messi lautaro martinez actually just like scoring four or five goals for them to win games mm-hmm. somehow whoever was in charge could never really find a blend because remember there was a time where um they had players like Sergio Aguero um uh who was the other Gonzalo Higuain um i remember uh, uh the player who had one hell of a hairstyle uh Palacios someone yeah. you know i mean they had a lot Palacios. of players the coach could never really find uh how to you know set up a team and so you you know if if you played one um one striker you know you'd hear complaints from the fans and then if you played another one they'd be complaints from other fans but i think now uh with the with the with the attacking players they have the attacking options they have you know um i believe scaloni should know a certain team should have a certain team in mind depending on how they want to play uh, a system um that can fit whoever it is he wants in this in his starting lineup Yeah, But yeah, yeah you know we say Messi Messi I mean I, I think to say a bit on Messi you know the best player in the world as you said it because why not uh I said one of the one of the best well the best I, <laughs> I had one the best well well let me let me let me then correct that for you the best player in the world 
Maradona and so that's mm-hmm. a record we expect him to shatter mm-hmm. and he needs i think i think five goals in this tournament in order to surpass um the leading goal scorer in a world cup uh which the current record is held by another great player uh gabriel batistuta and the same will also be to he'll be the argentinian player who has appeared in most um versions of the world cup okay. i believe it's four yeah. and this should be fit and i believe you know with his new role as navigator and not 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 just captain but navigator he should be the beacon that argentina have so long um, wanted and needed to get them to that third um world championship yeah yeah i agree with you 100% i think this is obviously his last shot to to basically get get the get a world cup for this generation obviously a, a lot of the players that he started out at argentina with Sergio Aguero, like you said gonzalo higuain like a lot of players have have retired and obviously it seems like he is he is the veteran now obviously um heading um i think he, it's him and di maria i think um it's I, i think it's there's just a few players from that generation i think Otamendi as well um who are still remaining and this is their last chance to actually get the, that world cup trophy that they so much like covet obviously the country is a good um country basically football is everything to them and if they can get this um i think i think basically it should be the most successful career for basically w- anyone because we're talking about seven ballon d'ors for leo messi um granted he should he should only have five but it's seven ballon d'ors um he has won four, four champions leagues now, let me finish let me finish <laughs> ah, it's fine, it's fine. i mean you know seven is seven whether whether or not you believe i mean the number says seven so whether you believe it's five yeah. or not the number says seven you know the history books don't check down so Yeah, the history books obviously they are written by by the conqueror and like thieves. So anyway, um but Leo Messi obviously one of the greatest players of all time. Um it's it it makes a lot of sense to actually root for Argentina in this World Cup. Like if you're a casual fan or if you you're someone that knows football really really well, Argentina is not a bad shout. They are really good. I think they they are a team that basically don't have any loopholes. Obviously look, looking at their midfield Angel Di Maria is still there and um they have Enzo Fernandez who is just like coming up. He's is 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 21 years old that's a player that's going to be good for them for a long time they also have paredes as well leandro paredes who, is, who plays for juventus 45 caps for argentina um i think i think rooting for argentina makes a lot of sense and they're they're basically should be one of the favorites to actually um, win this tournament yeah i agree Yeah. Um yeah, the yeah, the, obviously it's pretty, uh, that's Argentina. Um speaking of another South American team, Costa Rica, man. Like when was the last time we spoke about Costa Rica like as a as a, as a team that people are excited about? It's it's been a while. It's been a while. I think it was 2014 when people were, were excited about Costa Rica. Um but they're obviously still a very good team. I think they're ranked 34th in the world. They're total team such. I mean, I had yeah. Costa Rica as a North American team. So Yeah, I mean, yeah, I believe they do play in the CONCACAF. They I mean the qualifiers do they did qualify through the CONCACAF um 
Yeah, so, like but um Costa Rica obviously more of a Central American team. Um, obviously Central America it's North American con- the continent there. Um but they're they're a very good team. Um I think they're around 34th in the world according to FIFA. Their team market value is 20 million dollars. Um This this is a team that many people will not talk about. Like you'll you'll not meet anyone talking about Costa Rica except people that are from there or people that actually pay attention to to the internet to the to the national team. Brian Ruiz is still the captain. He obviously plays um in 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 Costa Rica as well with Alajuelense. Um he has 144 caps for the team. 29 goals um uh, but obviously you guys know the goal threat with Costa Rica has to come from a former Arsenal player Joel Campbell is still playing he has not retired he is 30 years old now this which is like should tell you how fast time time moves um he has 118 caps for Costa Rica 25 goals um obviously he has been big for them all throughout the qualifying um is someone that basically defenses have to worry about like it, when it comes to the international team he usually plays really really well whether that been translated um for Arsenal um but for for this team looking looking at it like the defense is the defense is 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 older like like we're talking about center backs that are 32 33 34 years old i think that 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 will be the most worrying part about about them although they actually defend really solidly um the full backs are kind of younger um because someone we have like Carlos Martinez who is 23 years old someone born in 1999 although he has very few caps um granted is is that young um but their defense should be something that maybe uh, people should be worried about and like if these guys can still run like if, if you get like teams that can run in behind obviously looking at their group they they are in a group with Spain and Germany which is nuts because Germany Germany obviously they were they, they were in the pot too and um obviously they have Japan as well and we know how technical Japan are this is basically one of the worst groups that Costa Rica should have found themselves that that should that hoped to fire to find themselves in um and obviously with with some of their players actually aging obviously the biggest goal threat Joel Campbell obviously is 30 years old um they have Brian Ruiz who can also score from the area and i think the way they set up like they set up like in a 442 or for a 433 i think maybe that the favorites to finish last in group e i think i think this is just one of the toughest group and one of the toughest groups and i think most people will not talk about costa rica heading into the tournament except people from there or people that actually pay attention to the national team no you yeah, mentioned Joel Campbell and then i just look at his age and his party and that's like oh wow <laughs> not so long ago he was you know a wonder kid for Arsenal and yeah as i yeah, said time to time, time flies time <laughs> uh, yeah time time, time, you know, time i know they have Kelenovas who does he still play Yeah, Kelenovas, Kelenovas oh. still plays for them. He has not played obviously for 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 yes, Paris yeah, Saint-Germain. Yeah. yeah, but I think he's one of the most underrated um, goalkeepers of his generation so Yeah, I, yeah, also like obviously he's 35 years old of 100 caps for Costa Rica. I think 107 caps for Costa Rica. I think um his he for, for him his his main thing is will obviously not having a, a ton of game time for Paris Saint-Germain will that maybe hurt him obviously going into the tournament. But we we've seen like not playing games for goalkeeper is usually for goalkeepers is usually not a big deal. Obviously Sergio Romero when he was still in Man United usually used to sit behind David De Gea and like 
slotted in in really well for Argentina. So um, hopefully that that that's not going to be a big deal for them. And um, I think I think for Costa Rica they just have to make sure that they don't lose badly because Spain can can score with literally anyone. Germany can score with literally anyone. And Japan are just a technical team. They are just a team that most people like know. It's good. they are usually a problem for every team in every tournament, regardless of how small they are or regardless of how much uh, how how old they, they are. They are usually a technical team. And I think this is the worst group that Costa Rica hopes to find themselves in. I think I think they could easily be last in this group. Yeah, well, yeah, I won't. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's quickly jump to Group G, a group that ah, a group that obviously has an African team, and usually we get gassed for African teams. But uh, this is a group that Brazil should basically win. Brazil, obviously, some of the favorites to actually win the entire tournament. They are in this group with Serbia, Switzerland, and Cameroon. Brazil, obviously, they are talented from their goalkeeper to their to their front line, and. Um, obviously the, a, a, a ton of headaches for the manager here because like literally they can call up up to 40 really good brazilians um there are a bunch of really good players will actually not get call-ups a bunch of really good players will not feature for brazil in this world cup including maybe the some of the great arsenal players that are playing really well in the in the premier league right now gabriel jesus gabriel martinelli i think so those are some of the players that might not get a call-up and they're playing really really well right now brazil are the favorites liners where do you see brazil like getting to the tournament, do you think that they could get to the final or a semi-final? I mean, look, they have a lot, a lot of talent. I mean, see, what I said about Argentina having too much talent in one area and not another, I think that will come to hurt them because all the way from the goalkeeper, I mean, who do you start over Alisson? I mean, if you were, if you were a manager, you had to choose between Alisson and Ederson. I mean, who would you start? <laughs> you, you know, you basically, yeah. basically result to um tossing a coin and saying, you know what, today you start, you know, because you really can't separate between the two. But yeah, yeah. I mean, they have a lot of attacking talent from Vinicius Jr., mm-hmm. we've seen Rafinha at Barcelona, Anthony mm-hmm. who, I, I, you know what, he's, he's a good player, but I don't think he's the kind of player who um, should be making into this Brazilian team. And like you I think Gabriel just is, yeah, Gabriel should be the player who should call up, who they should call up, should be the player who should lead their line. Because mm-hmm. if we see the Brazil that has stand up before, the Brazil that only relies on Neymar, then we'll have the same same disappointments. We'll have this, you know, the 7-1 against Germany. We'll have an early, uh, a rather an underwhelming performance as they did in Russia. And yeah. so, yeah, I mean, they need to move away from Neymar's a Neymar a Neymar land system. I mean, you know, he's he, he was he's he's a good player. He was a good player. He was supposed to be the next player, but if it doesn't work out, look, you have enough talent to, you know, you have enough talent around the team that they can each contribute. Yeah, you know, yeah, the next that team. Yeah. Yeah, the next Pele is mad. Like calling him the next Pele is like mind-boggling. It's mad. Yeah, but, but obviously Neymar is. is... <laughs> yeah, go on. 
you know he was supposed to be i mean he was he 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 they saw him as a talent you know yeah 100% he was he was he was obviously he was slated for big things obviously people said he would replace cristiano and messi and um, like neymar is 30 years old he'll be 31 next year which is like just crazy his birthday obviously is sharing a birthday with cristiano ronaldo the 5th of february um obviously you're right on 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 the striking on the striking options that they have they have roberto famino who who has made 55 appearances 55 caps for Brazil scoring 17 goals. Gabriel Jesus is younger. He has made 56 caps. He has scored two two more goals, 19 goals for for Jesus. And um yeah, that's something that the manager needs to think about. Should he call both of them up like he did obviously in Russia? Uh, and obviously we that didn't that didn't work out really well. Obviously Jesus started most of the games and I think he didn't play really well and he had at some point to actually put in Firmino during the knockout stages and um obviously they fell to Belgium and um it something they need to consider. Obviously Gabriel Martinelli is 21 years old, a lot of time to play for Brazil in the future. And um like you said youngsters like Anthony they have obviously Vinicius Jr 22 years old Anthony is 22 years old as well they also have Rodrigo who plays for Real Madrid is 21 years old these are players that the the that the manager needs to to figure out um but I think we also expect Richarlison to get a call up obviously playing for Tottenham now he has 17 goals in 36 38 appearances for for Brazil which is just incredible he plays really well for the international team and um obviously like looking looking at looking at their goalkeeping situation like you said it's crazy that you have to decide between like Alisson and Ederson like rarely do you get a team that has two number one goalkeepers it's so rare yeah but i think the weakest player, uh, the weakest um, position on the pitch will have to be their full backs i mean if you think of all the great um brazilian teams of the past you know all teams that have won a world cup all those five world cups they always had a good full back or two, you know if you think of yeah. Cafu you think of Roberto Carlos and you know the options that Tite has at the moment are not convincing but then you know maybe maybe I'm talking too soon but yeah i mean yeah. i think i think when you see the teams that Tite always calls up you see he's always quite um conservative with his full back options you know Lennon players like Dani Alves Teles Alexandro who hasn't really been um convincing at um club level but yeah. you know perhaps maybe maybe this world cup it takes a gamble and calls up some unknown some unknown player because i'm pretty sure there is some player in brazil i mean brazilian football do go together i mean at some point i believe the english language will use brazil as a synonym for football but i believe i think i think they have enough talent i think yeah. um tita should you know call up players should be confident enough as a manager and say you know he's the one in charge he makes the decisions he knows who plays and who doesn't and Yeah. Take a gamble with some of these players. Yeah, obviously, like if if you guys listening to the podcast, you guys need to be aware that South American teams have the government actually impacting who gets call ups and the media impacting who gets call ups. It's more like England, but like in a more mafia way. Like there's a there's like deals under the table. Obviously, England is more like in your face and like pundits saying this this certain player should get a call up, etc. But I think South America, obviously, the teams. Obviously, it's sad that Colombia are not in this World Cup. But like the teams in South America, obviously, the government and like people like behind the scenes, obviously, also have an impact. Um, I also think like Emerson might get a call up. Obviously, um, playing for Tottenham as well right now. Um, if like fingers crossed, he might like w- like Brazil usually 
they tend to call up some of the players that you don't expect to actually get a call up. But like you said, obviously the, the, they have a history of having very good fullbacks like Dani Alves and like um, Marcelo. Obviously, Marcelo is retired now, one of the greatest players of all time for Real Madrid as well. One of the greatest fullbacks of all time in football, like and the Champions League. Um, that's not an option for Brazil going forward. And that's like I agree with you. That's that's the that's the that's the obviously the worrying point for for Brazil in midfield. Obviously, they have Casemiro who can still play playing for Man United now. They have Fred who can still play and um, playing for Man United as well. And they also have a headache. Yeah, he can. No, should he? I mean, should he? I mean, he should. I mean, okay. like he should. Yeah. The, the, the midfield is not exactly their strongest point now. I think. I think for them, they they have a headache in deciding who needs to play between Fabinho and Casemiro. And I think that I think it's it's more difficult to play both of them. So that means you have you need to have another central midfielder. But as you know, Gimaraes has been amazing for Newcastle this um this season. Uh, yeah, Lucas Paqueta at, at um, West Ham is also a good option for them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree with you on on, Guima, on Guimaraes and Paqueta as well. But like, I think I think the way the way they, they will play is I think they'll play Neymar in a number ten role. I think Vinicius will play off the left, and if Neymar plays in that number ten role, I think that means the bench for Bruno. Obviously, I'm expecting Bruno to play some games. Like, obviously. They they have game they have teams like Serbia and Switzerland. I expect like those players to actually get time there. Although um, it seems like maybe maybe they will both get collapsed, Paqueta and Gimarish. I'm expecting them to to to, to actually get a, a bunch of games there. For Fred, I think I think the like watching him playing for Brazil is it's different than watching him play for Man United. I, I just think like he plays incredibly well for Brazil, and obviously got a goal against Tottenham the other day. Um, I think he's, he's, he's in okay form to actually get a call up. Yeah, obviously Brazil, um, some of the favorites, like also like if you're supporting Argentina or supporting Brazil in this World Cup, you're not going wrong. You you basically have a team that maybe might might actually make you the happiest guy in the world or they might actually make you the saddest because it's, it will be heartbreaking for one of these teams to actually not win um, the entire tournament or like to get knocked out really early. And uh, I think Brazil and Argentina, like everyone has them to actually get to the semis or like get to the final. And it's it's not a bad shout entirely. Yeah, the last team that we're going to speak about, obviously Uruguay. They won the first World Cup in 1930. They're they're basically one one of the best teams when it comes to the tournament. I think they're one of only five teams to only win the World Cup more than twice, which is crazy. Like we like the the entire world has hundreds of teams, like over 100 teams, over 100 countries. And obviously Uruguay have won it, have won it uh, more than once, more than twice. And just like to think of their country's population is 3 million and they're, they're, they're such a small country. I think they're the size of the, um, the state of Florida in the US, which is just nuts. 3 million and like they always churn out a competitive team to not only basically be competitive in the World Cup, but to actually go ahead and win it. Uruguay, um, as usual, they're underrated as well in this World Cup. Linus, what do you what do you see of this Uruguay squad? What do you think they, they could offer? Um, if Argentina wasn't uh, participating in this World Cup, they would be the team I'd go with. But not to say that I actually fancy them a lot. Uh, but like you said, like you said, I mean they have they have the history. They have 
the joint most Copa Americas, they have those um, four world champions, which a bit of history. Um, so they have two World Cups, you know, winning the first World Cup in 1930. But before then, yeah. there were um, there were um, whatever the, whatever was known as the Olympic um, football tournament, which was before there was a World Cup, and they won the. 1924 and 1928 iterations which were held in Paris and Amsterdam um, respectively. So after the World Cup was um, instituted, they made the yeah. claim that these two champions, these um, two champions before, rather these two titles before the World Cup do actually qualify as a World Cup. You know, it was it was a World Cup before it was known as a World Cup. So that's why yeah. they, they have four um, four World Champions and why they actually have four stars on their badge to represent that they've been yeah. champions four times. You know, Brazil have their five. So yeah, uh, the thing you'll always notice with a good Uruguay team is the attacking talent. You know, yeah. 1930, they had Pedro Serra, um, Jose Andrade, who were magnificent players when they played. Yeah. Um, yeah. The team that won in 1950 had uh, characters of Juan Alberto Shafiano, um, Oscar Miguez, and Alcides Giza, again, amazing players. And yeah. even now, if we, if we come to more recent times, we've seen, you know, Diego Forlan, Edison Cavani, Luis Suarez. You know, now we're talking about Darwin Nunez and um, Facundo Pellistri, who plays for Manchester United. So yeah. attack, attack, attack has always been what you have been good at. And you know, like you said, a small population of three million. I mean, that's the size of Nairobi. I mean, give or take. Yeah. And yeah. to be able to produce teams who are able to compete at international level for, for over a century, to be honest, that's 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 an impressive quality. Especially when you give, when you consider that they are, and you know, other football giants. I mean, Brazil has about two hundred million population of two hundred million. Um, yeah. Argentina has we're talking about forty-five million, even fifty. And so to be able to do this constantly, you know, to compete with them in the Copa America, you know, within. Impressive. It's an impressive team, and I think, I think every World Cup you you expect Uruguay to be a sort of a dark horse, right? So yeah. they're always that team that you never want to meet in the knockout phase because they could surprise you and they will surprise people. But on the other hand, I am you know being of African descent, I am still bitter about 2010 World Cup. So. I do hope they fail. <laughs> I mean, I mean <laughs> look, if you check, it's still too soon for me to move on. So I do really hope they have a really bad tournament and possibly, you know, lose against Ghana and the make the group. But yeah. you know, all things said, I think they are quite an exciting team to um yeah, but you, yeah, but you said you'd root for them if Argentina were not in this I would, tournament. I mean, I would, I would, all things said, but then we have to remember 2010 against yeah. Ghana that, okay. that, you know, that has just everything, everything, everything yeah. yeah, I mean, no, no, I mean, it will take a while, it will take a while before. <laughs> yeah, Africans have not healed from that, from that, obviously, what Suarez pulled in South Africa. Yeah, but like, obviously, like, obviously, like, I agree with you entirely on the, obviously, the attack has always been incredible. Like, obviously, like you mentioned, the youngsters that are coming through, like Pelistri, obviously, Darwin Nunez as well. Um, but the problem with them, obviously, Luis Suarez is, is, is getting older. Edinson Cavani is getting older. Well, like, where do you think the goals will come from? Obviously, obviously, Edinson Cavani played with Man United last year. He's now playing in back 
back in Spain with Valencia. Suarez, he was he played with Atleti Madrid um for I think a couple of years ago. He's now back in Argentina. I think he's back he's back now in Uruguay playing for Nacional. Um do you think these players are still good enough to actually score? Because it seems like the edge is, is catching up with them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the young players will step up. I mean, Nunez is quite a good player, but you, you should not forget um, their goals in the midfield. I mean, namely Federico Valverde, who for Madrid this season has been, you know, quite the wonder. You know, he's making those red run, uh, late runs. He's, you know, he can shoot from outside the box. So I think also look at the midfield, and they should be able. They should be. Um, a few players who should contribute from such different positions. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Obviously, Federico Valverde as well. They have Rodrigo Bentanco in there as well. Obviously, he's he's playing. Um, obviously for Antonio Conte with Tottenham. It seems like Tottenham has a good, has a lot of good players. Obviously from South America. I mean that are, that maybe might get a chance to play in this tournament. And um, obviously the former Arsenal player Lucas Torreira is in there as well. He's now playing obviously with Galatasaray. And um, I think I think the the big thing for Uruguay is they actually need to make sure that they don't lose as many games because and concede as many goals because um, obviously we expect Darwin Nunez to actually be the player that um, he was at Benfica last year. We haven't seen much of that with Liverpool this year, and with, with maybe the the World Cup is is the is the maybe uh, role is the, is the change in the tide for him. Obviously, um, we expect him to actually start banging goals like he did at Benfica. I think I think for them um, they, they they will be okay. Although this group is tough, obviously Ghana, like they, they, there's that amount of history from 2010 right there. They also have Portugal in this group and Korea Republic. I think this this is a group that maybe they should get the the number two or the number one spot. I think I think they can um, just because of the experience that they have and the history that they have. I think they are, they are a team that can get that can get out of the group. Although it's very it's very a wide open group. It's a group like like who like whoever's good can take it. Well, people are not expecting much from Korea Republic, um, but obviously people are not expecting much from Portugal as well. And that may be a mistake, but we'll have to wait and see. This group is is crazy. But do you do, do you think maybe obviously we speak about Portugal going forward and like we speak about Korea Republic and Ghana going forward? But do you think this this is a group that may maybe anyone can win this group? Does it does it seem like a wide open group to you? Yeah, I mean, this is what Group G, H or H? Yeah, Group, group H. H. Right? Yeah, it's quite open. I mean. I'd say even the same as Group A. As much as we said, Ecuador don't have much to do, but yeah, these are quite open groups. I mean, one bad result, and yeah, everyone has to be on their best from the go. Um, Ghana, Uruguay, you know, Korea has good attacking options as well. Portugal are a good side, so yeah, everyone has to be the best. If you um, if you don't show up, then you won't really enjoy your experience. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. And obviously we are, this is this is the first winter world cup that we are seeing. Um obviously you guys are a piece of history actually listening to the third world perspective as well. Um we were supposed to be there in Qatar. We were supposed to be there which is ah uh, it's it's it, but we we take we take what we have. We take what we have. Thank you guys for listening to the third world perspective. We, we have been covering the South American teams today. Next week next week Linus, can I get a drumroll? Yeah. Uh, next, 
next week we are covering african teams man next week we are covering african teams we will be talking about um senegal the champions of africa the lions of tanganga i don't know i think that's the name um we will be we'll be talking about tunisia we'll be talking about cameroon we'll be talking about ghana we'll be talking about morocco man morocco are some of my are my favorite african team like obviously next week it's going to be a big one hopefully we'll have a super guest for you guys someone that maybe we've had on the podcast for a little while if you guys are real ogs and have been listening to the third world perspective for some time you guys might know him and um hopefully that's a that's the best episode um that maybe we've had in a while on the third world perspective maybe this has been the best episode that we've had on the podcast for a while this is something different we're bringing a series that we're covering the world cup and it's going to be me and linus for a lot of it and we'll be sprinkling in guests here and there i hope you guys really stay stay along for the ride like you said this has been the best and you know for us the next one is always the best one so come join us as we talk about you know whatever they call the motherland and yeah. i think we'll have yeah yeah that seems to be you know we <laughs> will be a force you know, you know it's always it's it's well, it's african tradition around the world cup i mean we're always it's always we're always together no matter you know no matter i might say argentina but if i meet a semi-final between cameroon argentina you know it's africa all yeah yeah it's only right it's only right to support your cousins it's only right <laughs> but yeah so yeah you're like Honestly, listening to the third world perspective thank you so much i think right now we are like up to two two thousand eight hundred plays two thousand seven hundred and something plays it's, it's nuts that like our podcasts our episodes have been played that that much times thank you guys um obviously with this is a series that that um you you guys have to be excited about we are excited about it obviously this is big for the third world perspective this is something that um we, we've wanted to do for a while obviously the world cup is a is a big tournament comes along um, once every four years and we are excited to cover it hopefully you guys stay along um for the ride my name is pablo you guys can follow me on twitter at pablo Iconero. um lena swahome is here um obviously will be here again next week and um Linus is not my socials yet but we'll get him on the socials really really soon and shout out to you guys for listening man you know i hope you enjoyed the episode i hope you enjoy what you're trying to do for you guys and Tune in, tune in, listen.